This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and today I'm sitting down with Brian Aaron Sabia from SurfPro. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about mold. Um, so in the real estate industry, whether you're buying or selling a house, this is kind of a scary topic. Uh, we were talking a little bit before about your experience and how you guys deal with it, um, but just kind of wanted to go through a little bit on what, what, start with what it is, what it what it looks like, and what you know someone who's looking to sell their house or buy a new house um, should be looking for, and then what kind of different options they have when it comes when it comes to mold or remediation or something like that. Uh, but real quick, why don't you just talk a little bit about what your history in the industry and some of the things that you do on a regular basis. Sounds good. So, um, like you said, my name is Brian. I've been working with ServPro for six years, going on seven right now. Uh, actually, in this this coming May, will be seven years with the company. Um, I am actually certified for mold restoration within our franchise. We have a couple of different certifications through the IICRC. I'm mm-hmm. certified for water as well as for mold remediation. That certification is called uh, AMRT or Applied Microbial uh, Technician Training. So that's where I kind of stand as far as training within this category. Yeah. Um, like I said, about six years now, I've been working as a sales and marketing representative for the franchise. I do a lot of going out in the field, selling yeah. the work, and as well as doing some of the estimating for some of the services as well. Mold is something that, as a real estate agent, we kind of have to be really careful. There's a line that we can walk on whether or not we think it's mold or we or it's not. Uh, a lot of times, if someone's looking to buy a house, they'll give us what they think, and there's only so much a real estate agent can do and say because our 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 expertise is in the negotiation and mm-hmm. the deal so the ii the iicre the iicrc <laughs> certification so that covers a lot of the like so that would that cover mold remediation so that covers us on the remediation aspect so that's basically saying that we are certified to come in and clean up and restore an area that's been affected Within that, we actually handle it differently than some other companies. There are some companies that'll come in, they'll do the testing as well as the remediation at the same Mm -hmm. time. We don't like to do that because we try to avoid that image of a bias. You know, we don't want to make it look like we come in and say, oh, we can test this and oh, you've got mold everywhere. We got to clean everything. (laughs) We avoid that because we want to make sure that we're coming in and doing the work the right way. So we always recommend third parties to come in and do the testing Mm -hmm. and then we can come in and do the cleaning. Um, As far as that stuff goes, you were saying walking that fine line, we have the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, When I go into a house and I look at, you know, growth in, in a home, the biggest thing that I'm going to say is I'm never going to tell you that right there is mold. I never do that. I will tell you there is something that looks like suspect growth to me. I can tell you from my experience, it has potential to be mold, but without it being tested and actually 
checked by a hygienist, we don't know 100% definitively that it is mold. I can give you my best knowledge, but that's kind of where we stand on it. We try to avoid showing that, you know, definitively this is what it is. So on that topic, let's I'm I'm going to pull this way back. What is mold? Okay. <laughs> Cuz I feel like that's something that we I think most people th- a lot of people know what it is. A lot of people think they know what it is. Um, when you get down to it, it's like, well, I'm not quite sure they do. So let's just real, you know, uh, we can go as in depth as you want, but give us a little bit of an understanding of what exactly is mold. So right off the bat, mold is a scary word, yes. especially when it comes to buying a home. And a big part of that is sensationalism you know Mm -hmm. you you've got so many different people that have so many different things to say about it you look at the media they'll put out these stories saying black mold and the family was all sick and you know this that and the other and all the things that happened and a lot of that is taking very specific things out of context Mm -hmm. so mold is a fungus it 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 falls in the category of fungi there are over a hundred thousand species that fall into the category of mold and mildew and that's another one of those things where you have some differing opinions on the wording the wording so some people will interchange mold and mildew as the same thing mildew refers to types of mold that are basically flat surface growth they are usually going to be found in places like your bathroom shower on windowsills that kind of thing they're not that furry thick growth that a lot of people think of those are actually types that are very easy to clean you can clean them yourself you know i was going to say i can go i can go to the store and get mildew remover exactly but that's not necessarily mold remover exactly when you get into mold that's where you start looking at when, when, when you're referring to mold that you're going to see in a household, those are the types that people get scared of. That's mm-hmm. where you start to get that fuzzy growth. You start to see it in places that you think it's going to be more harmful. A big thing that people usually don't understand about it is mold by itself is not toxic. You know, regardless of what species of mold it is, the mold itself is not toxic. What can have toxicological effects are the mycotoxins that are released in the spores of the mold. So all the different types of mold in order to grow and spread, they have mold spores. Mm -hmm. Those spores carry mycotoxins, which help to make them dominant against other types of mold. Those mycotoxins are what most people are allergic to. So if a person has a severe mold allergy, they Mm -hmm. are going to be more sensitive to it than other people. A normal person could walk into a house and have absolutely no idea that there's a mold issue there because they're not allergic to that type of mold. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of to give you a little bit more information, there are three main types of mold that are normally found in households. Um, Cladosporium, penicillium, and aspergillus are three most common household molds. That sounds fairly familiar. I've obviously, penicillin is something that a lot of us are familiar with. And yep. then the other one, uh, the aspergillus, Aspergillus. Aspergillus. I feel like I've seen that on reports and stuff. Yep. So those are very common household molds and by themselves, they're not harmful. Mm -hmm. Another thing that a lot of people don't realize is mold is everywhere. In this room right now, you're breathing in mold. You walk outside, you're breathing in mold. It's everywhere. Everywhere? Everywhere. 
And and that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is they see it growing somewhere and they immediately say it's harmful. It's always in the environment. It's always there in some quantity. So it only becomes harmful when you have allergies, asthma, or sensitivities to it, or when you start to get it in large quantities. So when you have an area where you have a bad moisture problem and it starts mm -hmm. to grow rampantly, you're getting more spores in the air. Anytime you're breathing in high quantities of spores or anything like that, it's going to have health effects. Mm -hmm. Most of those effects are things like allergy symptoms, uh, itchy eyes and uh, nose, runny nose, you know, the basic hay fever type symptoms. Some people will have more severe allergic reactions to it but again that falls under those categories of allergies mm -hmm. um so let's move into how do i how do i how to identify mold um obviously very important if you're looking to buy a house sometimes you can see it sometimes you can smell it i think sometimes you can't smell it maybe and then also obviously if you're sensitive to it you can feel it too so that, that's a very important thing to keep in mind. When you walk into a house, every single person is going to have a different level of reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Some people, you can open up the front door and they're going to say right the second you open that door, I smell something musty. And that's one of the most common ways that people refer to that smell is it's a musty odor. Yeah. Some people, they won't notice it at all. Some people, they'll pick it up right away. What is that musty odor? Because, well, for, well, for my for my situation, um, my kids, I, I visited my kids' school a couple years ago, and they were in a basement classroom, and it smelled a little musty. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to make a big deal about this. And I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. But I was like, should I ask them to be moved to another classroom? Is this going to be okay? Now. They went through that whole year and it was fine. They might have gotten sick, normal, like, you know, normal sicknesses and stuff, but I didn't think they had any adverse reactions to the musty smell. But what was I, what would I have been smelling in like an older building with a, in a basement that had that musty smell? So there, there's different things that it could be. Mm -hmm. You know, not every time that you smell a musty odor it's not mold every time mm -hmm. sometimes it is sometimes it isn't sometimes you walk into a basement and it could just be that dampness you know you're holding moisture in the air you know you're you're gonna have some odors that are gonna get released some of those mold smells that you're gonna smell as hard as it is to say there's really not a better term for it it's almost as if you know the mold is farting per se okay um as mold is digesting the food sources that it's on so the common food sources are going to be cellulose-based materials, stuff like the paper backing on drywall, cardboard boxes, things like that. As it's digesting and eating those, it's releasing gases from the digestion process. Mm -hmm. So that is sometimes the odor that you're going to be smelling. Again, it can differ from you know individual situations. That might not always be the case. Mm -hmm. When it comes to just an odor, if you walk around and you look in this room, for, for example, and you say, this room has a musty smell, it could just be a moisture issue. It could just be, you know, stale air. You know, you don't know just from that that there is a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, if I walked around this room and I look in a corner and I see some dark splotches that, you know, have a little bit of a raised surface, look a little bit fuzzy, you know, something like that, that could be signs of potential growth mm -hmm. at that point that's where we always recommend you bring in a hygienist to test mm -hmm. you know until until you've tested it you don't know for sure that's what we usually 
will promote. In general, if you're getting a musty smell, is it good to test? Uh, it, it really depends. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it could be as simple as putting a dehumidifier in the basement and you can kind of dissipate those odors. One of the biggest things that I recommend, do not keep cardboard boxes in your basement. Mm-hmm. If you are storing, if you're using your basement for storage, reduce the amount of things that can act as a food source mm-hmm. for mold to grow. You need moisture. You need a food source. You need mold spores, which are always in the environment and you need still air. So mm-hmm. whatever you can do to remove those different elements that cause that growth are going to help you to prevent it. So if you have a basement that has that musty odor and it always just feels damp down there, get a really good dehumidifier that has a constant run function. You're going to pull that moisture out of the air. You're going to keep the environment dry. You're going to help to remove the chances of growth. If you're storing things in your basement, don't keep cardboard boxes down there. That is one of the best food sources. That cardboard gets wet. Those spores land on it. They will grow. Right. Put stuff in plastic boxes. If you can do the watertight boxes, even better. Mm, You know, it, it helps to protect your stuff and helps to prevent that growth. Removing those different things that can create those elements, it's gonna make it better so that you don't run into those problems. And a lot of the time, just having dehumidification running, like I said, that could be enough to get rid of odors. Yeah, and I, I feel like we pick this up as we go. Like it's like it's Most of us know that they've seen a box sitting in a basement mm-hmm. and they were like, ooh, that's not, that's not in good shape anymore. So mm-hmm. when they go to put their if they're putting their clothes away, they're going to get like a container of some sort. So we kind of know this, but it's interesting because I never really thought about the why. Like I thought paper, cardboard, it was just very porous. So Mm -hmm. it's had like little areas where the spores could like live in there. I don't even know if that's like scientific. It's just kind of the way (laughs) it felt just seeing the effects. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's keep it in something plastic because there's not pores, you know, but where you're saying that's a food source, that makes a lot of sense. So in in some situations, we've gone into places where they've had a really bad moisture problem and you'll go and see there's growth on surfaces that normally shouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a plastic container that has, you know, spores that have rested on it and there's some growth there. That's easy to clean. You can wipe that off, you know, use a a correct disinfectant to kill what's there and get rid of it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But you'd be surprised that it's growing on that plastic. What can happen is just from your hands, the oils in your hands, the skin cells that you leave behind on materials can act as food sources sometimes. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of removing the different elements that cause growth. That's going to be what helps you the most. Okay. And so you said you don't do the testing, but what does a test usually look like? And are there different kinds of tests? Like if someone's just kind of curious, like they have a kind of a damp basement they have a dehumidifier but if it's not running it's a little bit musty of a smell is there something they can do to just see if there's an issue there or or not so they do make some at-home test kits you could buy them at lowe's and home depot yeah you have to be very careful with those though because they are very very easy to cross contaminate okay like i said before mold is always present in the environment one of the problems is you open up that test kit you've just exposed it to some level of spores and those kits all they do is show you that there is growth not how much okay so all that all that kit is doing is telling you that there is mold present in the environment Mm -hmm. and with those kits you you definitely can get an idea of if you have a problem that's always going to help you to just kind of make a decision and it's a relatively inexpensive way of doing that 
we usually recommend bringing in an industrial hygienist because they're the ones that come in and do proper testing. The way that their testing goes is they're going to one look for signs of growth. If there's no signs of growth, you're going to be looking for those hidden damages where it might be growing behind walls, things like that. When they do it, they're going to take samples with a machine that basically takes air in and it tells you how many spores are in the air. Um, the important thing is you want to have your levels equal to or lower than the outside levels. So when a hygienist comes in and does their testing, they're going to take outside samples and then they're going to take samples throughout the home. They're going to give you readings that are going to say, for example, one type of mold, you might have 100 parts per million outside. Mm -hmm. If you come inside and you have 101 parts per million, you're, you're pretty close. You know, mm -hmm. you're within a reasonable level. But if you come inside now and you come up with 10,000 parts per million, that means that you have elevated levels of that type of mold and there's probably some kind of growth somewhere. You know, you shouldn't have that. They're going to be able to then help you find the cause of it. Mm -hmm. When we come in, if we see growth on a wall, we can come in and we can treat it, clean it, do whatever needs to be done. We remove materials. We'll do whatever needs to be done to properly remediate that problem. But if there's no visible growth, those tests give us a pathway for what we need to look for in order to remediate properly. Okay, interesting. Let's move into like what the remediation process looks like. I mean, is, is it always about removing the mold or the food source? Are there different ways to reme remediate or um, what, what, does, what can that look like? So according to the IICRC, as well as the EPA, they basically say that if an area three by three you know, three foot by three foot of mold is present in your home, mm -hmm. a normal homeowner can remediate that. That means that it's a relatively small, you know, not necessarily a major problem. You know, so if you open up a cabinet and you see some growth on the inside of the cabinet door, mm -hmm. you can clean that yourself. You just want to make sure that you're using proper cleaning techniques. So making sure that you're using a spore based product that's killing those spores, killing the mold at its source is important. Mm -hmm. When we come in and do mold remediation, we have to follow very specific steps. We are governed by the IICRC on how we handle our cleaning. So say this whole room was affected. When we come in, we're going to be looking at a few things that are going to need to be removed, certain things that are going to need to be just treated, certain things that might need to be sealed. And it all depends on the type of material. So a glass tabletop like this, if there's growth here, this is something that we could easily, we take a HEPAVAC, we clean the surface of it, we treat it with an antimicrobial, and then we actually HEPAVAC it again. The entire time that we're cleaning, we're going to be setting up negative air pressure. So what that means is we bring in a air scrubber that gets put into the room and we vent it out. Mm -hmm. That's going to draw negative air pressure into that space so that as we start cleaning, spores are going to get stirred up. Hmm. That's sucking them in and making sure that they're going into that HEPA filter and not spreading to other areas of your home. It also means that if you open the door while we're cleaning, the air pressure is actually negative inside of the room, which means we're going to draw air from the other room into this room until that door is shut. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, if you have equal pressure, when you open that door, you actually create a vacuum and you would suck those spores out into that room. So we're creating that barrier to prevent that from happening. 
Also, in a more serious situation like that, we set up containment. So we'll have plastic walls up. You know, we contain mm-hmm. off the areas that we're cleaning to make sure that we're not spreading contaminant. Mm-hmm. Like I said, non-porous materials, we can just clean, HEPA, treat, we're done. Porous materials, stuff like drywall, uh, certain types of you know framing or wood, things like that, we mm-hmm. actually have to remove. So what, what about like stone, rock, cement, stuff like that? Things like that are, again, they are cleanable because that's not a food source. So gotcha. it can't grow into those materials. So we can HEPA-vac them, treat them, and then, you know, again, once everything settles, we HEPA-vac again so that we catch the spores that got stirred up during that process. So certain materials every single time, drywall, if it's growing into the drywall, we have to remove it. If mm-hmm. we leave it and we just wipe it down and, you know, leave it like that, it's going to come back because even when we treat it, it's growing down into that material. What you see on the surface is just surface growth. There's an entire web that's a network that grows down into the material like an iceberg. The majority mm-hmm. of what you don't see is grown into the material. That's where the majority of the mold growth actually is. So that's why materials need to get removed, clean, treat, and then you know, depending on certain materials like wood, Sometimes you have to seal them because obviously we can't tear out the structure of your home. We clean, we treat them, and then we seal it with an oil-based primer to prevent it from being able to grow back through. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that's why hoarding can be such a such an issue. Uh, I did a deal several years ago, and we walked into a house, and the entire... It was a bi-level, so it was the basement, but it was like the first floor. And the whole thing was gutted. And I was like, what happened here? Because our first thought was flooding. Mm -hmm. We were scared that it was flooding. And they were like, no, 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 no flooding. It was just hoardery. The the, the previous owner was a hoarder. And we're like, wait, what? And it's, it's because there was mold, and it had to be remediated. And when you're talking about cardboard boxes filled with newspapers. Yep. I mean, it, it's almost like that's just a recipe being asked for. In, in hoarding situations, we actually do a lot of cleanup in those because you're running into more than just mold. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely you have potential for mold because you've got layers upon layers of things piling up that have the potential to hold moisture, have the potential to be a food source. So there's definitely the ability for mold to grow there. But in a lot of those situations, you're talking about all kinds of other gross contaminants that are making their way into those environments. Um, One of the ones that we did not too long ago, they had left, you know, every time they would open a can of food, they never rinsed it out and they just threw it into the pile. Those things start to grow bacteria and all kinds of other things, not just mold. You start getting a lot of other contaminants that are in those materials now. Um, You know, if they were leaving food waste, trash in the house again you're getting all kinds of other contaminants that can cause viruses and all kinds of other issues so you have to remove everything that could be a contaminant whether it's mold or you know just other nasty stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man awesome well hey on that note um uh i really want to appreciate you coming out and and sharing that with us what's the best way if someone has any questions or they want to bring you guys out what's the best way to get a hold of you or your company so 
Um, I am very easy to reach. Uh, my cell phone number is 484-905-1789. You can reach me there 24-7. Okay. I am always on call, and I am always available to answer questions. Um, I would prefer not to get calls at 3 in the morning <laughs> for, you know, just, you know, is mold a problem? But, you know, if you have an emergency-type situation, we definitely can come in and help with that. Um, you can also reach our office. Um we are surf pro of Kennett square oxford you can find us on facebook you can find our website or uh you know you can feel free to give a call to our office as well awesome man well hey thanks for coming out no problem i appreciate you having us and i'd be happy to answer any other questions that people have you know going forward awesome thanks thanks for listening this has been the chester county real estate podcast brought to you by remax ace realty serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found. This episode is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com.